pandemic of violence floods the streets of major cities as cases of the media dubbed murder virus, MV20 soar, causing those infected to go on killing sprees. Caught in the middle, police detective Angela Miller finds her only trustworthy ally in the self-proclaimed psychic PI, Gerald Henry. As the two try to navigate the violence, they are drawn into new age guru, Abra Mellon Harvest's plot to heal the planet. Harvest's missive? The world is sick, and humanity is the infection. The cure? Murder. From the twisted mind of Sean C. Baker, author of A Collection of Desires, and Shadowplay in Book One, Kim and Jesse, comes his most vicious novel yet, Murder Virus. Available where books are sold. Welcome to another episode of the Horror Vision Presents Sharing in Session, a weekly Yellow Jackets discussion. I'm Sean. And I'm Missy. And we both just rewatched this week's episode number four. And um, we were talking about it. And then I realized we should be recording. So we'll try to recreate a little bit of what we were just talking about, because I think it's pertinent before we get into the, you know, the full discussion on what happened in the episode. But um, Missy, how did you feel the first time you watched episode four, which you watched Thursday at midnight, right? So just to reiterate for yep. listeners, these do drop like at 1201 on Thursday night. So yes. how did you feel about yeah. it? Um, I I think this season has a really different rhythm than the first season. Um, Because when I watched it, the last episode, I felt like it was kind of anticlimactic and then thought about it and realized, no, things happened. And when I watched it again, it doesn't feel that way at all. And I'm noticing that with season two, it seems like on first watch, except for the second episode, Edible Complex, where the cannibalism was confirmed. Mm-hmm. But all the other episodes, you kind of walk away. I've kind of walked away from them going, that was anticlimactic. And like it, it doesn't feel like it's moving. And then when I watch it again, it kind of blows my mind. And there's a whole shit ton of things to unpack and to talk about. Yes. And that's, I mean, the first time I'm watching it, it's just, okay, what's going to happen next? And did I guess this or that or whatever? And then the second time I watch it is when I find all the little nuances that are kind of fucking brilliant that I didn't notice the first time. Agreed. 100%. I finished my viewing Friday night and I was immediately like, well, nothing fucking happened. And Kirsten's like, dude, how could you totally say that? Like, Javi showed back up the whole... I'm like, okay, well... And so I was just telling Missy moments before we started recording, my thing is like, it doesn't bother me because I'm going to watch it a second time. I'm going to dig in. I'm fine with the slower pacing because I I realize it's trying to reflect for us 
the isolation of the wilderness to some degree, and also the isolation that they're kind of feeling as they're spread thin because the, you know we season one brings all them together again, Nat and Misty and Shauna and Ty, and now they're all isolated from one another. Misty's trying to get a hold of them, can't. Ty is off, you know, now like like really on an adventure by herself, and you know, so I think it's trying to to reflect that, and so it's doing a good job. I get it. You get it. I think a lot of people will get it. Probably anybody listening to this gets it. However, the general public, I don't know that they get it. And it just worries me that people are going to be fickle and be like, oh, yeah, well, another slow episode where nothing happens. Fuck this show. Um, I mean, I, I just, you know, I it just happens so much. I mean, I always go back to, you know, Twin Peaks. It's like, why am I still watching this? You know, they, they, I'm not, not me saying this, but when it originally aired, you know, everybody just jumped ship as soon as they reveal the killer, which, um, or like, I always think about being at Cinespia at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery watching Blue Velvet and like the fucking people in front of us, one of them's like, yeah, wake me up if somebody gets fucking killed and like, lay down, like trying to go to sleep. I was just like, is this the general <laughs> public? Like, are you fucking kidding me? So, just because you're interested enough to watch something that's, you know, maybe progressive or subversive or or whatever, doesn't necessarily mean you'll get it. And shows a lot of shows have a history of like striking hot at the beginning and then just people just leave in droves when they get frustrated. So I'm hoping that doesn't happen. Listeners, if anybody in your life at work over the water cooler on Fridays or Mondays or whatever, anybody that's like fuck this show, please reiterate to them like maybe go back and watch it a second time because there's stuff happening and i do think i think the creators know this and i think we've got something big coming i just don't know when so right uh let's talk about what blew our minds because i got two big ones and they're subtle as fuck but you go ahead so what blew your mind missy um well one of the the scene with Natalie and Lisa, the mm-hmm. from the Purple People Cult. Mm-hmm. Um, a- after they visit her family, and, and Natalie has liberated her goldfish. <laughs> they, Amazing scene. It's probably this is probably my favorite scene in the episode. Um, and and she's talking to Lisa, and she's afraid she's going to kill her fish and. They're, they they kind of brush on that um, Lisa has been suicidal in the past and that, you know, when Lisa first met Nat, she was about to commit suicide. And she asked her, do you, do you still want to kill yourself? And she, you see, you see Natalie kind of think about it for a minute. And she just kind of smiles and says, no, not today. And like that really resonated for me. And that's something that I'm, that's going to stay with me and that I will try to remind myself of that even on the days that suck, yeah, not today. Well, and a really big thing about that scene she so they have Lisa's got a glass of water. There's a pitcher of water with the goldfish in it. That bartender's getting a good tip for that. And and Nat <laughs> has 
Nat has, I, I don't know if it's a glass of water or a beer, but next to it is a shot of a brown liquor, yeah. probably whiskey, right? And probably when whiskey. she says, when she says not today, she pushes the shot away. So I noticed that. I think, and then you can point to other things like the conversation with the, Lisa's mother, who's the second biggest cunt in this episode. We'll get to the first biggest cunt in a while. Um, but she, I think the the purple people, sunshine, honey people, I think it's starting <laughs> to work. I think Nat is actually starting to see this. And like Kirsten said, the flashback of their young Nat and Lottie in the tub where like Nat is, you know, freezing from submerging her face and then she's in the hot water. Right. They bring Lottie and she's like put her in the tub and then they have this moment where like Lottie's like loser and then Nat's like, oh, you coming at me, bitch, or whatever. And they're joking around. It's camaraderie. And and Kirsten's like, I'm starting to see. She's like, I didn't understand what was between these two in the present. Like, why is Nat still there? But there is there there's a friendship. There's like something there. And I think we're gonna see more of that and how it plays out in the future or in the present. But for the most part, that scene tells me that I think she's starting to get something out of what lottie's retreat or whatever it is does for people maybe i mean i thought it was i mean i think she's just there gathering information could be um i, I think she is doing that but is it working regardless of whether she realizes it's working i don't think she's going to drink the kool-aid but something's happening like it's helping yeah her. i what yeah i think what it is is um all right when she first meets lisa she stabs her in the face with a fork mm -hmm. and then they have that scene where lottie um at her at her cult trying to put them together to have like a i don't know mediation or yeah that sharing. Kind of, that kind of thing <laughs> right sharing and she gives her the the fork and tells her if if what you need to do is hurt Natalie, then you can. Um, and Natalie kind of adjusts her, her stance and her shoulders and locks eyes with her, like, come on, bring it. Mm -hmm. And then Lisa drops the fork and and she she says, I forgive you. And, I, and she hugs her. Mm -hmm. And that was the only thing she probably could have done that Nat would not have expected and not known how to deal with. And it's that whole forgiveness thing. Like, I think Natalie is kind of trying to make it up to her by trying to help her think for herself. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I don't think it's... I mean, and maybe she's inadvertently getting something from being there but like when lisa hugs her she goes completely stiff and she yes. has that look of panic which i and i know that look because <laughs> unless i don't like to be touched unless it's somebody that i'm comfortable with mm -hmm. um, and i make that face <laughs> um and i think it's that 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 act of kindness both confused her and kind of made Nat want to look out for it. Yeah, okay. Definitely. I mean, it 
you know, when that scene occurs earlier on where Lottie's getting dressed and then Nat comes in, she's like, you know, oh, I was hoping to use those keys. I was going to go at least. I thought for sure she was just going to take the car and fucking leave. Like, I totally thought mm-hmm. she was playing her and she wasn't. So when they she, it then cuts to them in the car, I was like, oh, I did not see that coming. Um, and notice they never fulfill their responsibility. They never end up at the farmer's market. So right. <laughs> they end up at a bar. But, you know, so I, I don't know. I will say, though, I mean, you're right. And let me reiterate, I and and kind of curtail what I said. I don't think so. I don't think she's going to swallow the Kool Aid. But here's the here's the bigger picture here, and this is the thing that really blew my mind about this episode, and I almost missed. So, I the Lottie's whole everything positioning is they're doing a really interesting job with it because so the interaction with Lisa and Nat in the car really was well-written and very intentful because you re- they're, they're doing it so you really don't know if Lottie is doing something culty or if it's legitimately just, you know, altruistic. And so it's like, oh, you know, Nat's like, oh, you're not allowed to leave. No, we're allowed to leave. And they have that conversation and you come away from that conversation initially thinking like, okay, I mean, it sounds like Nat's trying to find this thing that's not there. But then when they're walking up to the house, she's like, oh, you're not supposed to see your family? Well, it's not that we're not supposed to, but Lottie doesn't think it's a good idea because our anchors are at the compound. So that's a little culty, right? So that's like, oh. (laughs) That's very (laughs) culty. But then at the same time, you know, you're like, okay, so it's like they give you something that points one way then they give you something that points the opposite way so it's it's zero sum you can't decide so that's smart now she goes to the psychiatrist and first she said the first thing that caught my eye about this scene was she says the last time i had i haven't had these visions in decades and the last time i did I wrote it exactly. It was, I think it was very intentionally. She says, the last time it was, um, became something different. So I feel like the writing there is very intentional because the last time it was, so it was, right? So what is it? Because you would think with the vision, she would say the last time they became something different. She doesn't. She says it was, um, the um is intentional because it kind of breaks the rhythm of what she's saying and then became something different. So what became something different? So I think Lottie's afraid of the visions. However, she has a replica to some degree of the fucking altar from the woods on the compound because we later see her go there, cut her hand, offer blood and say, please, can this just be enough? This goes back to her and Travis when Travis dies, where He's going to try and give it just enough to talk to it. And Evil Dead uh, Laura Lee comes out of the shadows. And basically, as he then, you know, dies, basically announcing like, no, I want him. He's mine. So there is some kind of a force that she's trying to appease with this blood. Right. But then the thing that really blew my fucking mind. And it's so obvious. 
the scene at the shrink starts and she's like, so what happened to Dr. Whatever his name is? Oh, um, he it was an unscheduled absence or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And the scene just goes around. And then later, she as she's talking about the visions, the shrink is like, well, I, I mean, I, I implore you, I think you should try and like listen to what they're saying. And Lottie says, what? They're, but they're not real. Why would the shrink say that? Well, why is her regular shrink suddenly just not there? Because it's, I think she's an agent for something or someone else. They've infiltrated her shrink and they're trying to push her along a path. But who? That's the, this is the thing that's driving me fucking nuts. Is, is there a larger organization? Is like, a, is there a cult? And, and she tried to take an aspect of it, crack it off and make it something altruistic with this weird purple people, you know, retreat. And now it's calling her back. Like, we're on the cusp of something that's really going to blow our minds and they're fucking toying with us. And you really gotta like, you really have to give it time to breathe and watch it multiple times for some of this shit to come out. But the thing with the shrink, it's again, it could be wrong. I was wrong about Javi not coming back. Right. But I mean, it seems obvious that she is not actually a shrink. She's been planted there in order to push Lottie further into the fucking visions. So I don't know. Thoughts. Well, but Am I nuts? Speaking of in, well, you were just speaking of intentional language, mm -hmm. like the the wording of. Now, get this. The the thing with the blood. Can this just be enough? That is exactly, exactly the same wording. The scene with Shauna and the daughter, and Shauna oh, telling her the truth, oh, my and then. God. And she says, you know, maybe someday I'll be able to get into this with you, but for now, can this just be enough? Holy why, shit. I mean, why would they use exactly the same wording unless it's like it's triggering something? It's, I mean, so it's extremely, like you just pointed out, it's extremely intentional. <laughs> I would not have thought of this if you had not said that. Said what you said. Yeah, it was when you, when you said that talking about Lottie, I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> so for listeners, we have a Horror Vision Facebook discussion group. It's private, but you can, you know, you can ask to join and we'll, we'll uh, accept you unless you're like, I don't know some lunatic but um or even even then probably but uh so our friend amy so missy you posted about yellow jackets before either right before or right after you watched the new episode and our friend amy's like it's my favorite show but i can't help but be worried because of having sat through lost that they're leading us down a path that they don't that they're ultimately not going to be able to deliver and my response was i think post lost anybody doing a puzzle box show maps that shit out all the way through right. and this this intentional writing in the script easily missed easily fucking missed but when you hone in on it you see it this is what ensures to me that the creators of this show know what the fuck they're doing and they're not gonna come to a point going. yeah they're not gonna come to a point and be like wow okay well is it point a point b point a? where do we go with this now they know where they're going and that that really gives me you know i mean you i mean it's going to sound ridiculous but like the same thing with people when you get hurt you you have armor you put up shields with people sometimes right you put up walls right. because i've been hurt before i wanted 
it's kind of the same with these kind of shows when you're into them and like having shit canceled or disappear or ultimately like lost be unsatisfying and just with the moment when you realize like oh they really didn't know what the fuck they were doing and i i don't hate lost i'd never watch it again whatever i mean i'd probably give it a c plus as an overall experience but the point being i don't ever want to go through that with the show again like if i right sink in i want to know they know where they're going because it's heartbreaking when you're like oh man come on i invested all so anyway whatever but yeah dude and that scene with Sean and Callie. There <laughs> I is was no... thinking about what you said. Dude, when she's like, no bars, I'm like, she's going to fucking... Is she going to fucking kill her? <laughs> like, holy shit. <laughs> Only if... I think... I mean, again, that was very intentional. I yes. think it could have gone either way. Yeah. Um. A- after they have their conversation and Callie promises, Sean is like okay and it's like she's gonna trust her for now and see how it goes i think but yeah i mean but when she was driving her as soon as she picked her up in the car like she's gonna scare the shit out of her (laughs) yeah and and if it doesn't go well i think sean's right and then they're driving out to them when she parks it's like yeah i mean i figured it was 50 50 she, I mean, she loves her daughter, and I don't think she'd hurt her unless she had to. But if it came down to like protecting her and her team, she, I think she probably would. I don't know. That's a good question. Maybe, maybe they, I know they wrote it that way, so we would think that, right? But right. whether or not the character would do that, I don't, I don't know. Would she ultimately say, my secret, the L Jacket secret? is more important than my daughter's life. I don't know. I I do feel, and I again, our friend Amy really put, like, she's like, I love Shauna because of the savagery that lurks beneath her domesticated suburban persona. And it's so well said, the savagery, it's fucking there. And and also, like, just the conversation she had with Kelly, where she's like, I, yeah, I okay, yeah, I killed him. And then, like, well, he's black. No, that's a lie, too. Like, it's, she's very pragmatic she's like no i said i wasn't going to tell a lie so i'm not going to tell a lie and you see her working through it she's working through it there's always shit going on multiple layers in her head so i don't know Um, man i i just love when she'd answer the question and be like no um eh, yeah kind (laughs) of it's kind of your dad's fault but you know not really (laughs) and and i like that it brings about and so we don't know what Callie's intentions are. Okay, so she's drinking in a park with a friend. So is that a lie because she's going to bars with a friend with a fake ID? Or is she meeting that cop guy that cop. And, and talking? I we don't know, right? She was meeting him. That's I, That was my first assumption. But then I was like, well, if she's going out and drinking, she's not going to tell her parents I'm going to. Although, maybe, you know what? At this point, maybe she would. I don't know. But she's vague about it. So... We we don't we don't know. So is she just okay? I'm gonna dig in and I'm gonna I'm gonna be a mole and research like you know, or is is she really just drunk the Kool Aid to reuse a metaphor from earlier and like she's now like no, I'm, <laughs> my parents are cool. I I'm part of it. It reminds me a lot. I know you haven't seen Ozark and it's not really a spoiler. Fantastic fucking show. Um, but there's an element of that show where it's like the parents 
are very from almost from the begin well from the first season they tell their kids everything so they're like we're laundering money like their children are 100 percent they're they they're not just like passive accomplices they're, they're part involved. of they're involved okay. and they're and it just becomes a family dynamic like at first they try and like push against that and like protect them to some degree but it's like no we can't so whatever i mean they're part of the family there's a family business let's do it I, I don't know if that is um, the case. So going back to the the family thing, like it, it almost seemed like she, the fact that they were being honest with each other made Callie bond with them. Yeah, that's like, what it looks real. like on the surface. It's just, I just don't know if I buy it, but that's what it looks right. like. I guess it could, yeah. I mean, she she does seem like she could be just as manipulative as Shauna if she wanted to. So she could be playing them. Um, so with, regarding Walter and Misty, do you think he's, is he genuine or is she getting played? I literally don't know. <laughs> I, I, I still, more of me, 60% of me thinks this is deep cover for Walter, right? But I don't know. I, I honestly, and I, I'm glad I don't know because it's another right, thing. Right. It's another example. They do such a good job with the script because they're the same thing with Lottie, the same thing with Sean and Kent. Like you just don't know. They give you things that point one way, but then they also give you the same amount of things that point the other way. So it's a zero sum. You cannot make, you, you can, you can guess, but you can't make an educated decision. There's no way somebody can say, I know this for a fact because. Okay. Right. I mean, and regarding Walter and Misty, like I love every minute of it, whether oh, I know minute. or not. I don't want to. I don't want to know. That's that's the fun part. I tend to agree with you. I, I think sixty. I mean, sixty percent of him right now is still investigating, but mm -hmm. I think he also is having a lot of having a lot of fun with her. He wanted to meet her, and. I just wonder if they're, I mean, are they really that alike or is all of it just a really yeah. good match? <laughs> it, it, it's, I mean, and it, so is the Phantom of the Opera from the first season, the repeated Phantom of the Opera, um, you know, needle drops, right? Is that right. in some way telling us that he's wearing a mask, that she's being played? Oh. You know, I mean, it. I don't know. It's very possible. He was wearing a mask, though, in their... Uh, like oh, good call. Getting, he's wearing the gold mask. Yeah, he's wearing the gold she mask. Just puts it under her eyes. Um. Oh, that's really interesting. I didn't notice that until you just said this about the Phantom of the Opera. The thing that keeps me thinking he's genuine is so the moment where and I, not a lot of needle drops, which is fine. However, I love that they use Sparks angst in my pants. I was like, oh my god, this is so fucking perfect. Like oh, I don't know that song. Oh, it's <laughs> the, the Sparks is they're fantastic. I thought maybe it was from a musical or something. Because no, they, so, I don't know what they were singing earlier either about Argentina, but I think that was a musical. Too. That's a musical. Sparks is. Uh, I think the. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I think that the Argentina thing is from that um, Frida or whatever the the musical about the, oh, the okay. woman from Argentina. But Sparks is these two brothers from California. They've been making, they've been recording albums since the 70s. They are largely 
they invented the style of rock, like opera. Well, I, don't, I don't know if they invented it. I feel like they did. They, uh, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody. That was inspired by Sparks. Like basically, Queen heard okay. Sparks and was like, I, "Oh, let's do that." I hate Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm I'm not not a big Queen fan, but so anyway, so Sparks. But um, so the thing that keeps me wondering if he's genuine, if Walter's genuine, was that scene where they're they're both laying in bed with their whatever they're. I could try to see what they were both. It's two different things, but it's a it's like the same app or something. Whatever they're going to see, yeah, I couldn't see to. it either. But then they sit up and you know, obviously with the split screen, like they're they're attracted to one another. They're thinking, should I go knock on the door? They don't, right? Mm-hmm. So that moment is a genuine moment. Unless he's thinking, should I go do this because it'll get me closer? And she's thinking, she's a, you know what I mean? Like we just, we don't know. But I mean, they might both like be thinking that, but I think that they're, I mean, I think they're both into each other too. Yeah. Um. Like, they're exactly the same kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, God, and I mean, as far as genuine, like when the hotel manager asked if they want one room or two, like she says no. He originally he said yes. Yes. Yeah. Just one room, and you know, and and then she starts stammering over him and he said okay maybe and she thought no two rooms yeah i think that was that was real like kirsten's like what the hell kind of because it's not a motel right they go in and there's like a basket with like jellies and all this stuff right so like it's a bed and breakfast and i think he had even said there's a bed and breakfast nearby so it's a really nice place he said that but they they're checking in under assumed names (laughs) like that's like a fucking motel, like a four-hour flop house. <laughs> well, so, and I'm sure it's relevant. Then who is Lady Malawan? I meant to look it up. I'm sure it's from a musical. It's gotta I did be too, right. And I, it, it's um, yeah, it's gotta be something from a musical. And I'm assuming his John Lang may also be from a musical. Yeah, then too. yeah. Because um, she might even be saying it in. Like they could be from the same musical. Who knows? So, I'd like to talk about Thaisa for a minute because. Okay. And something actually just dawned on me right now that just blew my mind. I already had okay. one thing with her. And the thing that initially blew my mind with her, I didn't get it the first viewing. And the second viewing, I got it. When we see her before the credits, so it starts with her and Van, and it's like the tree, right? And Van's like, no, you found another tree. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. they're mapping them. Okay, that's cool. And then, you know, she's like, if you just go to Lottie. She's like, no, it's not her business. I'm going to sleep. Then it cuts to present day. And she takes the keys out from under. I didn't, she is in, Um, I forget the woman's name. The woman Misty killed in the first season. Ty is in her fucking house. She oh, breaks Je- into her Jessica. fucking house. Yes, Jessica. She breaks into her fucking house at the beginning of the episode. How but do you not know it's her house? Because so the first thing that because I you know you focus you but... focused at first on the fact that they're visually showing you Taisa is watching the other her passenger do things right. So that's really what grabs you about the scene at first, and you, you gloss over right. the fact that what she's actually doing. She lifts a mat, and there's keys under the mat, right? So right away, I was like, that's weird, and then. 
she goes in and they show a fucking picture. They wherever she goes, there's pictures on the wall, and it's Jessica. She's going through oh. the file. She steals the file that she hired Jessica to make on the yellow jackets. And that's where when she opens it in the car later, you see Vans, you know, while you were streaming. You don't know what oh. you're looking at at first. But so she's in her fucking house. <laughs> Blew my mind. I didn't catch that. I thought she was like I saw in her the office. Thing with the key. Yeah, I thought I thought she was at uh like because Simone moved out and everything. Yeah, I yeah. She was at, like, that's what I thought at first too. But no, she's in Jessica's fucking apartment or house or office oh. or whatever. Which is super fucking weird. So that's how her other knows how to go knows where to go. That's how her other knows where to go. Um, because she gets that file, okay. probably first of all, so nobody because okay. At some point, somebody's gonna if Jessica's dead, somebody's gonna have to go through, even if it's ruled not a homicide, because Misty knew what she was doing when she poisoned her with the fentanyl. Somebody's gonna go through her stuff and then those files. So she goes to get the files and then and she also then gets Van's address. So um so that totally blew my mind because I just and then and she also like when that scene ends, she comes to in the car and the car is stopped because she's driven until the tank went empty. Right. So that's fucked up. Like the other was in charge that fucking long. And then long. either either it lapsed or it didn't know what to do when there was no gas. And then like, okay, I'll let her deal with this and put it back to Taisa. Let her deal with it. Well, and that brings up and I I know I mentioned it like in a text during the week, but now watching it again right beforehand. Um and now I'm really pretty convinced the whole I think Ty's other did not like Simone Mm -hmm. I'm not sure I don't know why and very intentionally wants to put her and Van back together Mm -hmm. I I don't know if that maybe not necessarily as a couple but wants them working together Mm -hmm. for some reason Um, and it, it tried to knock off the wife to get rid of her um i watched season or i'm sorry i watched episodes three and four right before and that's because i mainly because i wanted to watch the scene in the mirror again with ty's other mm-hmm. in episode three um she definitely did say go to her okay i did know um yeah she definitely said go to her and this also goes back to the Phantom of the Opera uh, mask that you were talking about because she makes mm-hmm. the mask with her hands signifying that she wants her to find Van. Um, and then very p- intentionally checked her out for God knows how long then mm-hmm. until she ran out of gas. She's been doing all these things. So how long has she been yeah. Ha- has the other been driving like days? I didn't I didn't see where the while you were streaming video store was. I didn't either. Um and I don't I don't they don't really give you a clear idea because I keep thinking I'm not that, even sure where they are. No, I I, I keep I think thinking that the things look like uh like the West Coast or North NorCal or Portland to me, but no, it's all upstate New York. So and and I'm not as familiar with upstate New York other than knowing that upstate New York bears no resemblance to 
New York, New York, right? Like it's totally different. Okay. Um, oh, okay. So I mean, it is like wilderness and and uh, weird, you know. Just all of this would fit. It just okay. I don't know. Um, but something about while you were streaming just totally struck me as very like Portland or whatever, but that's not where okay. they are. And she couldn't have driven that long, even if it's a hybrid. And, you know, like she'd either have to charge or, she, or it, she'd run out of gas within a day. So then so she's she, probably, she was checked it, out for maybe a day or two. Well, no, like I'm going to guess a couple hours, like probably like five hours, okay. something like that. Um, which is interesting though, because so there's still the question we've had all along. Why now? So how we don't know how long Ty and Simone were together, but not only I, it's not only that the other doesn't like her. It's so Ty would not have been able to be the other for very long, other than in the middle of the night or whatever, you know, with Simone in the house and the kid, because it, you know, it, like if she's walking around for five hours as the other, Simone's going to be like, "What the fuck is going on?" So I the think there's something independent. Exactly. So there's something coming that the other then is like, "I got to get rid of this bitch." So she kills Simone, or she doesn't kill her, but you know what I mean. Um, no, she might have. Well, she might have. Not okay yet. But then also, like the other, also then while she's in the hospital bed, draws a symbol on her hand, and Ty very worriedly cleans it off so she's aware to some degree what's going on she just doesn't want to admit it or whatever but i it's the same thing with lottie why now all of a sudden lottie seems like she may even though we all thought and it still could be but even though we all thought she had some evil cult and was operating in the shadows manipulating them that might not be the case but what is coming and who's orchestrating it and who like so something is going on and that i think is what's really I think that's what we're going to get. I hope it's not the end of the season uh, that opens us up to a bigger world. I happen. I hope it happens sooner, but whatever, but something's coming. Oh yeah, for sure. I, 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 I think the, the subtle shift in rhythm is kind of the way it's slow burn horror movies work. And then when we do get to the big shit, yes. they're just going it, to, it's just going to knock you on your ass. Yep. Which is kind of, you know, when we did get to the end of episode two, it hit extra hard. Yeah. And then it was just shot so beautiful. The cinematography on this show is fantastic. Yeah, it really is. Uh, oh, the the fucking scene with the moose. That scene with the moose. Oh, God. <laughs> yes. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Where you can see both underwater and above at the same time, and the whole fucking moose and just the depth of just blue. No, oh, unreal. So cool. I have no idea how they filmed that. It's fucking gorgeous. Also, speaking of the moose and the competition between Lottie and Nat that leads us there. So going back to the biggest cunt in the episode, Mari, by far, and like believes Lottie. I'm calling her for the Deadpool. <laughs> Murray's next to She so now we know. I it's again I, it, to the listeners. It's fun to, to to just you know issue conjecture and and whatever. I could right. be totally wrong. 
and then be wrong. <laughs> but so we we talked previously last week or the week before about okay, so is it you said it's it I think it's Mari who at the very beginning of the season one in the first episode mm-hmm. is running and you hear the you know the weird calls yeah. that the girls are making and then she falls in the pit with the pit girl. So we have our factions at clear as day in this episode, right? It's like Lottie this or fuck that, right? So it's Coach Ty mm-hmm. Nat totally bullshit on Lottie. And then you get the other, like, Van, Misty, and Mari, especially, extremely Mm -hmm. dialed in. Mari is the one that stole the bear meat. And when that comes out, everybody's going to be like, you better fucking run, bitch, because now we're going to eat you. That's, I think, the catalyst. I think that's going to be the catalyst for that first scene in the show. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) It's, I just feel like that. That would be so cool. Yeah, right. And she's just such a she's such a bitch that like even Lottie doesn't want like some of the some of the like her the way she's so like oh Lottie she doesn't need the gun and like the look that Lottie give which Lottie wouldn't have known what to do with the gun anyway but like she's Lottie's afraid of what they're they're saying that she's capable of doing because she doesn't necessarily understand it and that plays nicely against present day Lottie being afraid of what's happening. And the visions right. and whatnot. So, I don't know, but dude, fucking Mari, goddamn, let's get rid of that bitch. Fuck. Yes, please. It's like we got rid of Jackie, and then you know, another head sprouted. Yeah, I'd rather have Jackie back. Well, maybe not, but goddamn. Oh. Yeah, I, um, I mean, I hated Jackie too, but she irritated me. Like, I mean, at least she had reasons for being a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, Mari needs to needs to go. And then you've got I, I find it interesting and I'd be curious I'm curious to see how it plays out. Travis is in the middle. He's totally in the middle. He's totally in the middle because he's like he believes Lottie, but he also believes in Matt. And well, he's going to believe less in Nat and more in Lottie now that he realized Nat totally lied to him about Hobby. That's true. Right. That's true. Because there is he he gives her a look as he's hugging Hobby, he and she shrinks into the shadows. And I mean, I know why she did it. She yeah, was, of course. She was trying to relieve his pain, but and she didn't think there was any way Hobby could still be alive. Which, I mean, that we had thought that he was going to get, like, taken by the other people, but the people who carved the trees. And, I mean, now I'm back to thinking that because, so first of all, right before they find him in this episode, Van notices there's a spot where you can see grass and that the snow is melting. And she's like, that's weird. It's like, why is this melting? It's warm. So I don't know if that means he had a fire. I don't know if that means he was sleeping on it. It was his body heat. Or like, is there, I I, I literally, I don't know. I have absolutely no idea okay. what that means. And he obviously doesn't know who they are or where he is, right? Like the look on right. his face, he's, he's hobby's not there. So we've got right. another person 
with another or potentially another passenger. That's interesting. That's so really interesting. possibly and Lottie and Javi all have this now. Well, I don't, I've never thought that Lottie had a passenger. I think Lottie has schizophrenia and she also has like some kind of clairvoyance that are constantly in war with each other. Yes, she. I mean, so I guess th that's a good point. It's not that she has a passenger, but she's definitely afraid of whatever this is talking. Yes. So she's there's something she communes with, and it takes that form. And then maybe in the other two, it takes a different form. Is it all the same thing? Like this goes back to right. How does it tie into them? And oh, and then the man with no eyes, right? When when Lottie is looking, I believe what inspires her to, in present day to go out and cut her hand to that. Again, why does she have an altar? Um, right. That looks like... The one from the woods, like right? The, yeah. But the thing that inspires her to do that, I believe, is she's looking at the days. like the, So the people at the retreat must give her little messages. Like, thanks so much. I'm thankful. Like, you know, what are you thankful for, missives or Oh, whatever. yeah, they're daily. Yeah, like daily gratitude. And what does she keep seeing? The man with no the eyes. The with no eyes. Well, or yeah, it was but a queen, so right? it's okay. Wasn't it so, the queen uh, of hearts. Well, I don't, I, I don't remember what suit or um, figure, but I just know it was, it was a, um, it was a playing card, and the eyes were scratched out, mm -hmm. which immediately is like the I man, think you it's know. one of the queens. Okay, um, so is she the queen with no? And also, right before she sees it the second time, the message is, "I'm thankful for my friends," and then she flips it, and then it's that card again. Which is probably not actually really there. She's seeing it, right? It's a vision. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, she's definitely afraid of the visions. But, I mean, I don't think she has something in her. I think in regards to you were talking about it. Like, I think the it she communicates with is like a a god or like some kind of forest god or maybe mm -hmm. if they are yeah. doing like the roman bacchus thing mm -hmm. like i i think in regards to her the it is some kind of deity or presence that she is connecting with yeah with with ty that i mean her other is like a split personality it's something in her and now i but don't is know it about natural Abby. Is it natural, like, i.e., like, is it a textbook case of split personality schizophrenia, or is there literally some malign influence that at some point, like, almost like a parasitic thing, where it's not born okay. of her, it's something that got into her because of what, you know, did her grandma have in the past to her? Are we looking at, like, right. death and the queen with no eyes would need soldiers and so then here's a soldier and it it's funny that the past ties pastor wants her to go, go find van when van was clearly signed on to the lottie cult right we saw her at the end of the first season her and misty flanking lottie as she offers the bear heart to the altar um and and it isn't that you're right it is a it is a deity or something. So she, she doesn't have a pastor, but there are moments like in Doomcoming or the scene where she speaks in French 
where she doesn't seem to be standard Lottie. Like she right. seems in Doom Coming, she seems now it could just be the mushrooms, but she seems like it's a different personality. Like it just seems right. like you know something. We're not going to be hungry much longer. So it could just be her riding the high of having these visions and tapping into this for the first time, and then she's starting to find she doesn't like it. Oh, it's fascinating. Well, and I just had uh, the thought that, all right, what you said about Javi being checked out and that he could have one too, going back to, you had mentioned that you wondered if Javi is Adam and we're pretty convinced that he, that he was, um, why didn't, like, why didn't he have any picture, paintings of Shauna as a kid? Maybe. I mean, maybe Adam doesn't know he was happy oh. because Adam is the other. If, oh, that's if he had one. That's interesting. I didn't think of that till now, but and I mean, it's probably wrong, but it was just a thought. I feel like the next episode, because of where we are in the story, with Hobby and Van, Van and present day. We have to, I think it'll be a bigger episode as far as like, I think it'll, it'll appease more people uh -huh. because they have to give us something about, I mean, I guess the whole episode, he could be, they could be asking him frustrating questions and him just like not answering. But even if that's the case, they're going to go back to that spot. Like, I just feel like the next one is, I, right. I, I don't know. And and then with Van, it's building, it's building. with Van, like we're, I'm back to, th I mean, I never stopped thinking. I think that the, the symbol on the postcard was a, a post-hypnotic trigger, and that's why this is all starting it? now. But who sent it? And I think who sent it, where originally I was like, oh, it's got to be Lottie or whatever, and, and Misty's working with her. I So it's whoever is manipulating, like, even Lottie in present day, right, by replacing her shrink with somebody that's going to like, oh, no, I think you should listen to the visions, which is just, like, no shrink would fucking say that. Nobody. Right. But it's just too coincidental. Oh yeah, it was like a last minute, whatever, whatever it was. Like oh, I think it was her last minute. You know, um, leave of absence or bullshit. That dude's dead or locked up. <laughs> they of course, if they start, if they sent the cards and they started all of this, then they would start putting these people in place, knowing what, like okay, Lottie's gonna go to her shrink, blah 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 blah, like or as a contingency in case she did. So it's somebody's pulling strings, and we don't know. It'd be really fucked up if Walter is part of whoever is. That would be completely insane. Oh, I really insane. hope he's not. That would be so nuts. Oh, my God. Because right now, I just still think they're going to fuck and she's going to end up having to kill him. And it's not going to be a big deal to her. <laughs> cause, uh, and I still think Misty could be involved with whoever is the higher tier pulling the strings. But, man. Maybe. She was complete. Like, she didn't know anything about the, the purple people or anything. That's and true. The That's fact a good that point. She, the fact, I love that they go to a restaurant and he's like, you can't just ask and she just asks the waitress. Yeah. You know, Do you ever see a bunch of purple people come in here? <laughs> and, and she knew right who they were talking about. Yep. Oh, man. And you noticed that the theme song was different, right? Oh, yeah. Um, I think I read somewhere that it was uh, Alana Morrison, who I'm not a fan of in well, any way, shape, or form. But um, 
I mean, it makes sense that they would. I never liked her music. No, I can't stand her. The only, yeah, no, not a fan. Um, but it's interesting, and there were there were new, there were fresh images cut into the intro as well. Um, they, well, so those I, fresh images have been there since episode, the first episode of season two, but this I, is the first time the music has changed. I think there might have been a couple. I could be totally wrong. I think there might have been a couple images that were not in it previously. Oh, now you just watched ones? three, you just watched three and four back to back, so I could be completely mm -hmm. wrong. But I, as soon as I noticed the song, and I was always, waiting. I always really focus on the images in the beginning. I'm always so you're probably right them. then. So I don't. I'll check again. I don't think the images there are new images added, but I but it's believe for the they've been there since. Since episode one of season two. Okay. Okay. Season one had had the whole beginning, and it's again, it's fucking subtle. Because if you're staring at it, there are certain images that are always the mainstay of the of the credits. Mm -hmm. Like the like when they'll flash the the pictures of teenage uh teenage shauna um jackie doing that thing with her shoulders mm -hmm. uh, there's a picture of all four of them together and one of nat like those pictures were always there and they're they're at the same points that they were before yeah but, but then there's new stuff. ones in between there but i'm pretty sure that's been since episode one of season two but this was okay. the first time the song changed and i mean that's cool it's a you know nod to the 90s or whatever it made it more eerie i didn't like i mean i didn't like how it sounded but it did make it unnerving well they also added there's like a high-pitched voice in the background and i wondered if it was i thought that was her no because i now once i saw her name i know what her fucking voice sounds like unfortunately um so there's a, I believe there's another thing in it, and I wondered at first if it was so Lottie's dream sequence or whatever, which at first really bugged me because I'm like, this doesn't add anything, and I stand by that. However, I ended up really liking it because it reminded me of Jackie's thing where it's like, oh, come inside, we made you some food, and then you realize, oh, this is bullshit, she's fucking dying, and it was the same thing, like we're watching it there in the mall or whatever. And it's like, yeah. as she's sitting at the table, she's turning purple. And I was like, oh, fuck, she's dying. This is just like Jackie's vision. Um, but Laura Lee pushed her out. Pushed her, right. But the, they do the theme song over that whole sequence where she's in the mall. But it's done like, uh -huh. it's not Music. operatically. Well, the voices are like, it's almost opera. It's almost like, like I don't know what you would mm. call it. sounds like medieval babes or something. Or like. Uh, okay. And I wondered if that was what they just slipped beneath, like a more choral, I guess, a choir effect. Yeah, I wondered if I, that was what they okay. said. Maybe. It, I mean, I took it as like a, like, like a music version of it. Like oh, when you, dude, you got to be right because the mall, of course, of course. Right. I it didn't so it sound like opera to me. It just sounded like. Like music, like when you're waiting in line at the deli counter and you realize that, you know, 
that the music is playing, you know, yeah. Green Day when I come around or something like that. And it's like, God, I'm old. When did this become music? But yeah. that's what that's what um that version of the song sounded like to me. I think you're right. But then that begs the question, and I almost mentioned this last week, and I don't I don't really think it's anything, but it it's worth pointing out. As of episode three this season, they started using this editing technique primarily around Ben and his flashbacks, where you get a VHS kind of sizzle, and then it goes into mm-hmm. something, like a, a flashback or a dream sequence or whatever. Yeah. And we saw it a lot this episode with Ty at the beginning when she's in Jessica's apartment. And to me, that is almost breaking the fourth wall in a way. And then if you're using the theme song to a show... So if you have a show in the world of the show, the theme song wouldn't exist in the world of the show. Right. So the fact that they're using the theme song as something she would be hearing somewhat implies that the song exists in the world of the show. So is there a meta element? Now, I don't think there is. I think it was just they thought that would how cool would it be to do that? And it's a dream sequence anyway. So who fucking cares? Right. But it's worth pointing out that there are now two things that could potentially be meta and i i don't think it's going to go that way at all but again just just worth pointing out i didn't uh like i i was aware of the vhs sizzle but not really until you just called it out i mean it's in the credits Um, it's always been in the opening right always well yeah it's always been in the opening but it's never been in the show it's never been in the show. The stuff with Ben was the first time, and now we're seeing it more. And what I also hadn't really thought about till my second time around, um, you had mentioned last episode with Ben that um, it was showing us kind of an alternate yeah. future, which I didn't catch that the first time. Like, I thought it was all memories, but then when I was just watching it today, you're totally right on. Because we know that he didn't quit the team. He didn't go tell the coach he, or tell Ben he was going to move in with him. And he was on the plane. Yeah. That in the flashback you see on the news. So he has some of his flashbacks are true and some are not. So some of, I mean, some of the other things that they've shown us may not necessarily be true either. That's a good point. I mean, I wondered if it's flashback this episode where he finds the photo album and then Paul is like, oh, don't you have one of these? Right. I wondered if, like, is that a memory or is he still just daydreaming what could have been? Now I've moved in with him and I've found this. But also, it dawns on me, and again, I'm just pointing it out, but the whole meta thing where now you've got the, the theme song and the video editing technique from the from the credits encroaching into the actual show and you know okay worth pointing out but also what's the name of van's fucking store right while you were streaming and what are we doing while we're watching it we're fucking streaming it so i mean you know the meta thing is so played out and it just there's instances where it's so perfect that just i always feel like don't do it anymore and then somebody comes along ultimately and does it in a way where it's like okay well that was good but most attempts to like one up that like in horror movies like cabin of the woods pretty much did that like 
it's I feel like there was something since then where I was like, okay, that was clever. Um, I think of like Final Girls. It's like, okay, you found a different way to do it, but other people have tried to do it, and it, now it's just like, it's meta exhaustion. Just stop doing it. Don't do it anymore. So I, I'm, I'm pointing it out, but I'm hoping that it's not that. But if it is that, maybe it'll be fucking amazing, and I'll be like, well, fuck you, Sean, you were wrong. I don't know, but it is worth pointing out. And I, I think it's just a clever name for a store. Like as soon as I saw it, I was like, that's it fucking is. awesome, right? Like a video store yeah, in the present day. That is awesome, and I would totally. I miss video stores. I would totally go there, but oh yeah, like I didn't catch the name the first time until you called it out. That's the. I love that. And just yeah, we're streaming the show. So what's happening while we're streaming the show? I you know I don't know. I wonder if with the you know the cracks and fizzles from the tapes, the VHS tapes fizzling into these memories or visions. Are they telling us that what we're seeing, what we're seeing, is an illusion? Like that those ones aren't true, or that those aren't the real ones? Although they um, use it, well, they do use it with Ty seeing herself at the beginning of this. So technically, that could be an illusion to some degree. If it's you know, okay, not right, not that what we're seeing is an illusion, but what Ty seeing is an illusion. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's it's so well written, and I just you know again. Friday night episode ends and I just turn to Kirsten and I go nothing happened what the fuck and then here we are and I'm like dude there's so much shit here there's so much stuff oh and what you said about the red eyes I looked and I mean I I see it I never noticed it before I do see it although I think it might just she might have like very hazel eyes and I think they're just picking up the camera. That could be. I think it's a, a lighting effect that just, I don't think it's intentional. I might. I don't totally think it wrong. is either. It, the only thing that makes me think it's not intentional is nobody in her life comments on it. Right. So it's, and it's always there. So it just has to, mm-hmm. I mean, I also thought she, so she's very pale for a black woman. So I don't know, like, if you are a Caucasian and you have albinoism or whatever the fuck it's called, some people have red eyes. So I don't know if there's, like, a variation for, for people of African descent where it makes your color paler and it affects the color of your eyes the same way. I have no idea. I mean, that's just a thought that popped into my head at some point this week. Because it's so... every I can't unsee it since Kirsten pointed it out. And sometimes it's okay. so... It's just so like, oh my God, that has to mean something. But again, it's like- Yeah, I don't think it's a supernatural presence or any. I think she just has 20 colored eyes. Yeah. And she's picking up the, it's picking up the light, the lighting or the camera. Yeah. I don't don't think that was intentional, but I could be totally wrong because so much is. And that's why we love it. I don't want right, to yeah, everything everything about this show is intentional. Yep. And before I forget, they're continuing so they're continuing on with the animal imagery. Because mm-hmm. now not only did we have the moose, but then we had new animals today. We had a fish and oh yeah. And uh the the black girl, I don't remember her name. 
Oh, Aquila, um, the, the, the mouse. Aquila, the mouse. I'm sure those animals mean things because, I mean, when I have, off the top of my head, I'm not sure what fish mean, but resiliency, maybe. I'm mm -hmm. not sure. Um, but every time we've seen an, seen a character encounter or have ties to an animal, those animals have significance. They've lined up. When I double check, like double check totem books and whatnot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, the thing with the mouse, Aquila is Mari's only. Like they're close, right? Like she stays. She mm -hmm. she helps her look for the dripping. With the thing about the dripping again. You always Aquila, see them in the same scenes together. They're yes. always together. Aquila, and I don't think I don't think she's like a hundred percent on board, Mari. But like I think it's one of those things like like when everybody goes to help Nat and and Mari's like what the fuck I thought you know and they're like yeah we didn't want to starve like duh mm -hmm. Aquila stays with her Aquila I think stays. she agrees with the group but I think she's like well, I don't want to leave her here by herself you know whatever so she's being a friend I think Mari's gonna eat that fucking mouse and I think Aquila's gonna be like fuck you you're on your own when the tables turn on her because mm. I just and you think. I didn't that I mean that's very a very interesting thought and it would be awesome if it plays out that way. I didn't even think of that with the bear meat. Like they specifically call it out and I'm like and I was trying to think who I thought would take it and I kinda came up empty. Oh and dude, as soon as Sean is like who did call. it? The the first thing that happens is Mari goes, It's probably him and points at she immediately blames somebody else and then To take the focus right, off her. To take the focus off her and then she totally starts the shit about Lottie with Nat. Like, she just there diverts she the whole conversation away from it. She's guilty. There's like, no, fuck, fuck her. <laughs> fuck her. Yep, she's getting eaten Nat. They introduce, I mean, I guess these new girls, everybody keeps bringing up the the new people. I think they were always there. They were always there, for sure. I go back to that like, 19 I, I people. I I've seen them before. There were 19 but... people when they walked to the lake. In the in the first season and okay. whatever episode that was, so okay, we're just they just don't. It's it's the way they block their shots. It and you know okay. we talked about it previously. So it's mm -hmm. and yeah, like it, oh, it's clear that they're we they have to develop some of the other characters because it has to have some kind of impact when they fucking eat them or they die. Right. So and it, we and know without lives, them having to kill all their main characters. Yeah, I mean, we already know several of these people. We know their adult versions, so we know they yeah, survived. Exactly. I still think so, there's other adult versions we we haven't seen yet, like whether it's Aquila or whoever. Right. I think there's probably a handful, but a, um, a couple more probably. Yeah, I'm not sure how many, but um, yeah, Mari, they're just they're, they're I guess they're trying to make us hate our. So again, at least we'll cheer when she dies. Yeah. Um, and Crystal kind of gets on my nerves. Like I, she's nice enough, but I wouldn't mind seeing her get too. Misty's gonna kill Crystal. It even dawned on me, like, oh, what, what a weird is like Walter, like Misty's brother, like come for revenge. Or something. I mean, no, that's why do that's, you, that's why preposterous. Do you the the show like tunes. Though. I just, I just think Misty. It's the same reason I think she's going to kill Walter. I think that there's just this thing in Misty where she can be like your friend, and then just be like, "Well, yeah, but I, I'm, I gotta, I have to kill this person." It's, it's a, it's a more 
a much more severe it's not savagery like with Shauna or a prag it's a pragmatism, but I also think she's a fucking psycho. So I just think I mean I don't think she's a psycho that kills people and you know buries their bodies under her house, but I think that she it has absolutely no compunctions about killing somebody, even if she's friends with them. And I just feel like the relationship between Crystal and Misty is setting up something where she's going to kill her. And then that makes me think that she's going to get close to Walter and kill him. But I could be wrong about all of it. Okay. But then, so then, then I was like the show tunes, Crystal does show tunes. She's the one that gets Misty into show tunes. Is it possible that like in some weird way, and now Walter... He's... Yeah, also but that, that's, show tunes and... that's reaching beyond, beyond, beyond. But, you know, whatever. Again, it's fun to just <laughs> throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. Because it's like, when you love a show like this, you want to talk about it, so. Right. And it's full of weird shit. Full of weird shit. But which, by the way, please, if you're listening to this on YouTube or, because it goes up on YouTube as well, um, I'd love to edit, like, a bunch of imagery in, in, in no time. <laughs> I would love to do it, but i just use a static image. But um, please leave comments. If you're like, dude, you guys are fucking idiots. This is staring you right in the face. Or <laughs> this is the dumbest theory I've ever heard. Please. Right. Or, or you or have your some own brilliant theories. theories. Yeah, please. Yeah, I, we, I, we like theories. <laughs> I'm not doing, I'm doing this with Missy because we're friends and we like to talk about the stuff that we like and we always have. But also like, I would love it if we just, everybody approaches this as like we're at a party and you're walking by to go get a drink and you hear us talking about yellow jackets and you come over and you're like, oh, dude, well, wait a minute. You got to talk about yellow jackets. What about this? What about that? Right. So, please. I, yeah, point I out think... stuff we haven't seen. We love finding that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like, find us on, I, I mean, I, I, don't, I guess you can comment on, I don't know if you can comment on, like, Spotify or Apple uh, podcasts. I don't know. If not, I mean, I know YouTube. you put them sometimes on Instagram. You can comment on those, but. I, or there's the I, yeah. Facebook page. Yeah. The, the, the Horror page. Vision Facebook group. You know. Yeah, yeah. Find it. Or shit from the Horror well. Vision website. So. Do you do you have any closing thoughts? Anything we didn't talk about that you wanted to, to bring up? Nope. Just I implore people to, if it felt slow, watch it again. Watch it again and tell your friends that if they're getting fed up, just be like, dude, seriously. Hang it's with there. it. Something's it's, coming. Right. It. I guarantee it's... This is planned out. They're not gonna... Like, they're not full of shit. They have this written. I'm sure they do. Yeah. I'm they're sure going they somewhere big with it. And they're just getting there so that... When it does go savage, it's like... It's gonna hit us. Yeah, it's gonna so hit just us. Just watch it again. And on that note, we'll be back next week after episode five. So for the Horror Vision Presents sharing and session, I'm Sean. And I'm Missy. And we're sending you the rainbow of Argentina. <laughs>